The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now I'm joined by Connor Faulkner, transport commentator and CEO of the RIAC. Yes, isn't that? I'm 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 back in work. I'm back in work. Yes, I'm delighted. I, I accepted the role. Um, and uh, you know, just established myself in the office round in Dawson Street. Marvelous old place, marvelous old building. I'm getting to know people and reading myself in. But uh, yeah, back in the workforce. So um, look, very much looking forward to it. It's very good. Now, in the meantime, you're hopefully going to continue giving mm. us your wisdom as a transport uh, commentator. And uh, first of all, the price of fuel. Price of fuel, uh, sort of half good story there. It has stabilised, according to my old friends in the AA. They have their latest fuel survey out, um, and they're showing that petrol's hanging around one sixty-five. Diesel's hanging around 155. But we have new excise duty increases to go on in October. This is the return this of what was removed. This is the return of what used to be. So that'll add six or seven cent per litre to both fuels, slightly more for diesel. And then at the end of the year, the last of the excise uh, is reimposed. So we are on the path back to unnaturally expensive fuel and really it's it's only moderate at the moment because we're in between excise duty rates. So the big open question for government is why are you putting this pack tax back on petrol and diesel? It's not about emissions. It's not affecting mm. usage. Price of petrol goes up, price of diesel goes up. It doesn't really affect usage. It's purely about revenue and the ability to raise revenue while claiming to be doing something environmental. So as old as the hills, but it is going to cost us more mm. money. Um, now, people driving EVs might mm. think they're saving a lot of money on uh, driving electric, yeah. uh, you know, paying the ESB bill, as they say, rather than paying uh, the pump at the pump. Uh, you've done a few sums? Yeah, um, well, we, we, we took delivery of a new EV in the house uh, the, the other week. Delighted we are with it. It's absolutely magnificent. It's uh, an MG4. It's a beautiful car. It, it um, you know, makes internal combustion engines feel like uh, a very much old technology. It's modestly Brilliant. enough priced, which is the good news, yeah. and it has a lot of tech. And it has a huge amount of tech. And the driving experience is glorious in it. As I say, you really feel you've moved on. It's like chucking away your old Nokia brick and picking up an iPhone in terms of the quality of the product. So fabulous. And we're very much enjoying it. However, if you do the sums with the current price of diesel that we were talking about and the current price of electricity, and if you work out the price per kilometre, it takes about 50 kilowatts to fully charge it. Um, and on the night rate that we're on the rate that we're on at the moment, if you do the sums on that, costs about twenty-two euro uh, to fill the electric car. Flip that into cost per kilometre, you're getting about sixteen kilometres to the euro. There, thereabouts. Um, now that's not bad, but a lean and frugal diesel engine will do at least as well. So while you will get benefits from your electric car, if you're saying to yourself, "Great, I'll save a fortune on fuel." Right now, with the way that energy costs are for electricity, that just isn't adding up. Now, the benefits, obviously, your EV will be uh, longer lived, one suspects, because yeah. the wear and tear on the electric motor is much less than it Far would less be. to be serviced. No oily bits, messy bits. It's a much cleaner, better technology. Uh, I would suspect in time, depreciation will be pretty good on EVs, again, for similar reasons. Um, and, and say, you have the virtue of not emitting anything out of a tailpipe, so you're not adding to pollution in towns and cities. And it's the way we all want to go. It does present a huge dilemma for government, um, which is, what do you do about the tax money that you used to get from petrol and diesel. Yeah. Um, and this is because that is going to decline 
Uh, even with the government's own ridiculously ambitious plan to have a million uh, EVs Which on the road by 2030. To, of course. Um, but if you look at those sums, you can see how much there would be a decline in, in the revenue. Yeah, and you know, this is the cost of success because on the one hand, they want to incentivize everybody to move across to EVs. Great idea, give them a bit of tax support, encourage the development and off we go. Um, but there was a time when, when petrol and diesel generated nearly five billion in annual revenue for the state. Um, and that, even if you include carbon, is now dropping back. It's, they're off about 1.5 billion. So long term, does the state tolerate that huge loss of revenue or how do they set about Well, now, uh, you're it? against tolls. Yeah. Well, but that, the obvious answer is road pricing. The more you use the road, the more you pay. Well, conceivably, tolls the way we use them at the moment are a god-awful idea, always have been, and we're proving to ourselves, we're a case study as to what a lousy idea tolls are. And they have a distortive effect. You're diverting traffic into Drogheda and Formoy. Consider the M3 motorway going up to Cavan with, with two or three tolls between my house and Cavan. Uh, it's being ignored in droves. Traffic is still on the old road. Tolls a fundamentally silly idea. The concept of road pricing... You could get on board with, maybe, um, but be careful what government are trying to do. I mean, one of the ideas being floated at the moment, um, you know, again, it's the winds of fashion. If, if I say SUV, we'll have people on the text line being triggered. No sympathy for those SUV drivers. There's a notion afoot that we can charge more tax for a car the heavier it is. So yeah. you know, we used to tax on the basis and of who, engine who size. Who dreamed up this? Well, uh, it's been dreamed up in a few places. They're doing it in France since 2021. They're considering it in places like Montreal, California, Norway. So it's not based on the length of the car or the vehicle, or whatever, it's based on the weight? Based on the weight. And you could make an argument for that, you know, increased wear and tear and all that. But also, the car manufacturers collectively are selling us big tin at the moment. You know, in the 1960s, the desirable car was the little two-seater sports car, you know, the mm. sexy little thing. Um, nowadays, the desirable car is a giant SUV, which for family use... It's just too big. And yet that is what the market is providing. People are buying them. They feel safer in them. They're not actually safer. They present greater danger to third parties. And they're a bad fashion. We need to make small beautiful again. So part of the concept behind that is tax big. Um, but again, I'd warn the state, be what are you trying to achieve? Because if your purpose is to change behaviour and get everybody into small cars, you might achieve that but you won't get the tax yeah. revenue. I just got a text from someone, by the way. Uh, we always charge our EV at night. Mm. Using night rate electricity is a lot cheaper for it our is, EV. It is, you got to stack it up, though, because I was looking at the units. We, we have five adults in our house, including people working from home. So our day usage, even allowing for the car, our day usage is such that the economics just don't stack up. If we, if we, if we chose a night rate and paid more during the day just for the sake of the electric car, it actually wouldn't net out a benefit to us. So we're paying a 24-hour rate to charge mm. the car at night. It seems wasteful, but again, holistically, we can't do much better than that. Uh, diesel in County Carlo, 146.9. Uh, petrol, 157.9. Pretty good in Carlo. That is pretty good. That's a little bit ahead of the national average. Um, and again, you know, a typical car will take a 50 or 55 litre fill to fill it absolutely from. Uh, so if you can save yourself five cents per litre, um, you know, that's 250 That, you know, makes the coffee free. And a little bit of discipline as we shop around will always put a few quid back in your pocket. Many people complain about the price of diesel, but never look at it. They just hand in the credit card and realise subsequently that they paid so much. Um, the idea of extending, you, you mentioned one idea is to tax SUVs based mm. on their weight. Yeah. Now, you know, you can buy maybe the lightest pickup truck around as a the man in the white van mm. or the white truck. Buy the lightest thing you can and carry your concrete blocks in it. It's going to be heavier than the 
the, the largest SUVs. No doubt about it, while moving its blocks around. Yeah. Now, I guess you could say if you're moving blocks around, you're probably doing something that's constructive in the economy. Um, but you're right, it's a pretty crude metric. Now, our old metric was the engine size, yeah. and that was an even cruder metric, if you like. Our current metric is CO2 out of the tailpipe, which is actually quite good. You know, there's no such thing as a band D car anymore. They used to have heavily polluting cars. Cars are using far less fuel these days. It's band A and band B only, even for big two and three litre diesels. So taxing the tailpipe based on CO2 was really, really successful. It changed consumer behaviour, but it also ate away at government revenue, eroded government revenue. So, you know, these tax choices do have consequences. And you have to think about, do you want to change behaviour and improve our environment are you looking for a way that you can keep collecting the money? Because if everybody stays in big cars and pays big taxes, um, the only person who, the only entity that achieves anything out of that is the tax man. We don't really do much mm. for our cities or for our environment. Now, some more of the text coming in about EVs. EV battery life will be 10 years, uh, effective life. Mm. Okay for people who can change every three years. That's from Steve. But battery technology uh, is going to advance. Yeah, it's... It, it, it's progressing at the same rate of technological advance as a smartphone. And in fact, that has been one of the slight inhibitors for EVs, because a bit like buying today's iPhone, um, you're saying, you know, hang on, if I waited until the new year, would there be an even snazzier one? So that has been something of an inhibitor for EVs. You don't want your car to feel obsolete. But but in fact, they, they are growing massively because of the sheer quality of the product that's on offer. And battery technology is improving as well. Mm. Standard range for a mid-range ECV, EV these days, they're, well, they Claim slightly higher, but real world, they're getting about 350 kilometres. You know, that's a lot better than it was even two years ago. So the technology is really, really... Toyota reckon in their cars by 2025, you'll have batteries that will run for a thousand kilometres and can be recharged in 15 minutes. Isn't that sensational? And if that happens... That's, it's That's over for the, the, the game is changed then. The, 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 you, no more a need for a roadside service station unless you're selling coffee and giving people rest breaks. Um, now, you, the, you won't get 15-minute uh, charging at home. Well, because no. you'll need three-phase electricity and, uh, you know, a lot of kit. Yeah, but, but you won't need it, though. Uh, I mean, in Lorraine's case, the new car that we have, uh, uh, well, I say we, I'm allowed to look at it from time to time. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, in that case, I mean, we would imagine that that car will virtually never plug into the public charging network. The public charging network is about the most expensive. You pay about 60 cent per unit, 64 cent per unit currently for the ESB fast chargers. So that's like double a domestic night rate. So it really is an unwise way to fuel your car. And I would imagine that we will virtually never do it. Right now, the only people using those networks are people who are trying to do long journeys in EVs, which is a little bit of a stretch for the technology yeah. right now, but it's certainly getting there. Mm. Uh, another one, the cost per kilometre for EV changes completely when you have your own solar generation. Mm. We're picking up our MG EV on Friday. We generate our own power, so we will charge the MG using the power generated by our solar panels. That's from Tony and Monon. Yeah, fantastic. And that is the way to go. That is the way to go. That is the way to go. And, you know, ultimately maybe we'll get there, but we're an ordinary domestic mm. house in Dublin and it's not truly practical to do things like that. At the moment, like a lot of families, we're looking at the overall e- electricity usage and deciding, you know, is a night rate worth it for just one car or will we net net not yeah. be better off so the tariffing is really important yeah. Yeah. and then the costs say it costs maybe nine grand to put an array of solar panels on your roof mm. and you're maybe using 25 euro a week worth of electricity your payback time is about six seven years yeah just doing back of the envelope stuff but then it thereafter 
It's all it's gravy. Free. It's all gravy. Um, and I think for new constructions and stuff like that, I mean, all other things, people, a bit like the EV itself, uh, you know, it's kind of being sold on you'll save money versus diesel. Not quite as true as it appears, not quite as true as it appears, but you still will love the change. There are so many collateral advantages that come with it. Tax privileges, yes, but the quality of the product and the fact that it's so clean, um, you you can see why they are taking off. Mm. And now, if there are power outages in the Mm. future, how will people charge their cars? How will people... Stuck at home? Well, that is the big question that hangs over Ireland's EVs. Where do you get the juice from. I mean, I've said before that a turf-powered Tesla doesn't do us much good in the long run. Um, But conceivably, you can have uh, sustainable, renewable electricity going into your electric car. Now, if we're going to do that for two and a half million vehicles on the Irish road, and if every one of those vehicles needs, you know, 50, 60, 80 uh, kilowatts per week, that's a staggering demand on our grid. And, you know, no more than other bits of Irish infrastructure, whether it's rail or water infrastructure or whatever, we are behind the curve in terms of building the electricity network. And that is going to be one of our big challenges. Uh, Four kids, two adults, two buggies. SUVs are essential, unfortunately. Now, there are huge SUVs and then there are midsize SUVs. I actually think we should ban the term because it's too triggering now. It kicks people off into irrelevant rows. Really what we're talking about is the physical size of the vehicle. SUV is a shape. You can have tiny SUVs. It's the physical size of the vehicle. And there are plenty of people out there. I mean, we went through that life stage ourselves. There's plenty of people out there who clearly need a larger vehicle if you have multiple kids and things you need to do. But there's also plenty of people who don't. And and as a rule of thumb, um, the, the car manufacturers are choosing to build big market big and push big on us because that makes their margins big. Uh, does Connor think he'll get less value from the EV in winter when the battery will run down quicker because of the need to have the lights on, windscreen wipers, heating, uh, don't these eat into the battery? I'm looking forward to finding that out. They always made a marginal difference to fuel consumption in an internal combustion engine. You tended not to notice, but it was also true for diesel engines. Um, so that might happen. Yeah. And, and I think that's just something that for EVs, you kind of have to get you. It's a bit like on your smartphone. You know, if you're using Google Maps, it's a great service, but it kind of drains the batteries. So the EVs normally uh, don't tell you like you're a quarter full or half full, although that information is available on the EVs. Mm. Uh, they rather tell you what you've got left in terms of kilometres. Yeah. And here's uh, the other thing which you will find. Uh, as temperatures rise, your range gets longer. Yeah. Um, batteries uh, giving you more at higher temperatures. In the winter then, if you've got a range of uh, 500, it might be uh, less than 400 yeah. because of the temperature of the battery, not because of and And, and again, and that was an effect. That's an effect on petrol and diesel for a long time. Um, the power drain on the battery in cold weather, uh, all of those engine fluids become more viscous. It takes more power to turn an engine over. So ordinary cars suffer in winter because of the cold. EVs will to an extent, but again, we'll get used to it, Pat. And if mostly if your commute is locally around a city, the fact that your max went from 400 to 300 won't really matter unless you're planning a long journey. And for now, EV users making long journeys need to plan and um, plan access to the network. Yeah. So you Mind do you, still need to do that. Someone uh, says, buy an Octavia estate, huge and light. And that's, uh, you know, you're selling an awful lot of fresh air when you uh, sell a big SUV. Most of the extra stuff is not engine stuff or suspension. It's fresh air. Yeah, my own, my own car is a Skoda Superb estate and it is absolutely fantastic. It carries absolutely everything. It's a little old and it is a diesel and, you know, ultimately I'll be in an electric. But right now, 
it's a brilliant solution. It'll do everything the EV won't. And of course, I don't have to go and buy a new car. This has already been built. The carbon cost of it is already there. There are many high-spec, low-mileage, second-hand EVs like Audi e-tron, Porsche yeah. Taycan, Mercedes EQS for sale. Why is that? Is there a problem? And we may have the answer from mm. someone in the trade. They say, uh, as a person in the trade, the problem at the moment is we can't shift the two to three-year-old electric cars because it's a similar price being offered for the new car when you're buying it on a PCP at 0%, which some mm. of them are offering. Yeah, um, so it's slight distortion in the market there. Also, once you get up to those really high value cars, 80, 90 grand's worth of cars, slightly different dynamic plays there. And you might have individuals who, who want to renew the car every three years, what you do with the old one. But there are beginning to be a good supply of second-hand EVs. Yeah. And that's good news. And a final comment. Uh, EV batteries have second and third lives as home battery storage and other applications extend their useful life beyond 20 years well after the car might be scrapped. Connor, thank you very much for joining us. Very thank interesting conversation this morning and congratulations on the new job as CEO of the RIAC. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.